Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Jack Wagon Sports Podcast here on Jack Wagon's Network. Um, yeah, I don't know why I said network, but anyway. It sounds um, good. Yeah, it does. Sounds professional. I like it. I have aspirations. Yeah. We, uh, <laughs> we had to take a week break uh, because some jackass decided to get married. Um, uh, and so we were busy doing all the festivities there. Uh, but we're back. We're well rested. A l- little hungover. Um, but that never stopped us before. Uh, so let's get right into it. Before we get, before we get into the topics here, right. I, I I think we mentioned it. I'm not 100 percent sure, but if we didn't, whatever. But Slade was the winner of the uh, what is it? The, oh, the we did not. Game? Yeah, where's the trophy? You're supposed to be the trophy is supposed yeah. to be displayed behind you. It's in the car. No, he hasn't even got it out of the car. What an ass! Wow. <laughs> he, he yeah, it sits in, in the it's it sits in the passenger seat. It's buckled in. Yeah, <laughs> it's a, it's a fluke championship because he had to win it in mini golf. Uh, they were tied after the front nine. We had to rush the back nine. Yeah. And we still didn't get to finish it uh, because yeah. we are terrible at time management. Uh, oh, yeah. But, I mean, I don't think anybody else would have guessed otherwise. Anyway, let's jump right in. Nick, you have the first topic written down here. Why don't you, why don't you intro it for us and let's let's discuss it. Yes, sir. So uh, first question for you boys uh, and me, I guess. Um, so how do you think your t- team did? in the NFL draft and who was your favorite pick out of the draft? It can be either your team or if you really like to pick to somebody else's. Um, I'll, I'll go first since Slade's still trying to make up his mind on his NFL team. <laughs> <laughs> so as a Bears fan, uh, personally, I would give them an A plus. Um, now, realistically, A minus, uh, but I don't think A is out of the question. Um, it's so weird to have a competent GM that goes out and gets what the team needed. Uh, you know, he, he picked up some really good secondary players. We got another good wide receiver, uh, Luce Jones Jr. out of Tennessee. Um, just torched a lot of the SEC secondaries this year, so I'm really excited to see him uh, on our offense, especially with him and Justin Fields, Darnell Mooney, uh, and David Montgomery in the backfield. I think we have the potential to have a really good offense. Uh, there goes Hannah. Um but the biggest thing was we needed offensive linemen badly. Like that has been our thing for years. We tried to get a couple on free agency this year. It didn't work out. Um, now I haven't watched a lot of film on the guys. I mean, the draft is going on as the wedding was going on. So we didn't get to see much of round two. Um, but overall, I was just very glad that we, we took draft picks that are offensive linemen. Um, and I, I feel like, once in a while, you get like a star standout lineman, like a Joe Thomas or Taylor Lewan or, or somebody like that. Uh, but nine times out of ten, your solid offensive line is going to be built on those depth guys that you get later on in the draft, which is a lot of what we got. So I'm really excited um, that we at least tried to bolster it, and we'll we'll see how it works out. So yeah, personally, again, I just because we actually drafted what we needed for once, uh, I'm going to say A plus. I think the best team in the draft uh, would either be the Jets or the Eagles. Uh, the Eagles made some really big trades, but they also took a lot of positions they needed. Um, now, the Eagles definitely had a great draft. Yeah, to, to be fair, trading for A.J. Brown is great, but can Jalen Hurts throw him the ball? Um, I mean, the Eagles I have had, had a buddy of mine text me and he was like how long do you think brown's yelling at hurts on the sideline <laughs> yeah it's like i'm gonna give it week nine but only because the defense is gonna hold the morale of the team up <laughs> yeah but i mean it i mean worse comes worse i mean i believe they still have Minshew, or was he a free agent this year uh either way um if they, if they still have him next year 
that would be huge because then they do have somebody that can get in there and sling the ball around. Uh, so that that's an interesting storyline to watch next year or this upcoming year for them. Um, but the Jets, you know, giving their fans a glimmer of hope, uh, making really smart draft choices for once. Uh, so, yeah, I give those two the, the, the win um, for the draft. But uh, I'll, I'll stop talking about my, my team and I'll let Slade go. That's all right. It, you had a lot of good information, not just the Bears, but the other uh, top players. Um, I think that for the Steelers, I mean, they're the team that I watched the most. I was really surprised to see them draft Kenny Pickett in the first round, especially because they had just picked up Mitchell Trubisky on like a $5 million one-year deal or whatever. So like, I'm kind of confused as to whether they plan to kind of like hope that Kenny Pickett takes this year to get better, or is he like going in like fine for the starting job against Trubisky first year? I'm just kind of confused on that pick there. And I mean, other than that, I think that they needed a lot of help at the, the line also, because I think that with Ben retiring, they had a couple of guys that are getting ready to just call it quits also. Yeah, I mean, going in, it was definitely well known that they needed help on the O-line. Kind of surprised they didn't go more so, more so towards that. Um, I mean, they did make some pretty good acquisitions. Uh, I will say, yeah, the, the Kenny Pickett, like, jokingly, we talked about, you know, at the end of the college football season, Nick and I, when we had the old show, was we we knew like we said Kenny Pickett would be a great fit in Pittsburgh, and even after Trubisky signed there, um, I still believe it. I was just surprised he was the first quarterback taken off the board. Uh, that was, yeah, that the, was the thing that stood out the most to me. Uh, I thought a lot of other teams needed help at that position before Pittsburgh. Um, but then they, I, I still think it's a good decision for Pittsburgh because listen, they're, they're bringing you know Money Mitch in, and he's trying to prove that he is starting quarterback in the NFL, which I personally 100% believe he is. Uh, I don't think he got a fair shake in Chicago, and he literally carried our team to the playoffs twice. Um, if it wasn't for a shitty head coach, you know, we probably would have done a lot better. Um, so I do believe he's a, a high-caliber starting QB. I'm not going to say he's a top tier. Uh, he's not up there with, you know, Patty Mahomes and stuff like that, but he has the potential to be. So um, if an offense can – build around him and you know he will have some really good wide receiver talent this year with Claypool. Uh, I believe they, they signed a couple others. I think they just drafted one. Um I'm excited for him, but it does make sense because in the long run, if that does not work out, hey, we need somebody to come in that can be our franchise QB. A lot of people are saying Pickett's gonna start by like week eight. I don't I, I see Trubisky starting all season. Uh but he's on a two year deal. Um if he plays really good this year, you know, hey Pickett will sit another year behind him, and then at the end of that, they can reevaluate. If say he goes out there and wins in the Super Bowl, I don't think they're not going to re-sign Trubisky. Um, so it'll create interesting storylines going down, seeing depending on how successful he is. But if Trubisky goes out there and has a really rough year, uh, more than likely Pickett will start next year. Trubisky will back him up. Uh, but at the end of the day, they wanted somebody that could be the face of their franchise, and they have at least two options going forward because uh, Rudolph definitely wasn't going to get it done. Um, I, I don't care how many chances he gets. Um, yeah. But, I, yeah, like I said, I would have liked to have seen the Steelers draft a little more heavily on the offensive line. Uh, but, again, uh, I, I think they did just fine. And I, I think I'm – I mean, I put a $5 bet on them. This was right after they signed Mitch uh, to win the AFC uh, North this year. So, that'll be interesting to see how that backfires on me. But, um, Nick, if you have any thoughts on that, go ahead. But, otherwise, it's up to you to tell us all about the the – communists down there in dc 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, just to touch on the the Steelers a little bit, um, and yeah, the Bears. I bet you, I bet you would. Uh, you would touch on the Steelers. I I would on picking. Have you seen his hair? I, I would touch on Trubisky. Well, I, that's fair. I let him get my take. But uh, <laughs> nonetheless, um, like you said, we had talked about it. I had a feeling Pickett was going there. I didn't quite think he was going there that early, but agreed. Nonetheless, you know your your boys out there, you go get them. Um, I think he's a great I, fit. In I think it was more of a shock, like they were sitting there, like they were probably jokingly saying, like, "Oh, you know, if Pickett falls us, we're gonna take him." Exactly. And then, and then they sat there, like, "Oh shit, he's still here!" Like, "Oh shit, now we gotta take him." Yeah. But uh, yeah, again, like I said, it was just very surprising that he was the first QB take, and that like you know there was a lot of talk about Willis coming out of the combine, especially like he's going to be the first QB taken and how far he fell really didn't make a lot of sense. Um, but yeah, overall, very surprising that Pickett ended up being the first QB taken. Yeah, definitely. Um, and as far as Washington goes, I honestly feel like we did great um, being on fan pages on Facebook and shit. You see a bunch of people that have no idea what they're talking about and they're like, Oh, this, this, and this. And I will admit that, you know, I can't sit here and deny that a lot of the picks, especially the first, four were considered reaches um which is understandable um so i based on that i gave the draft a b plus but overall as far as having a game plan going into the draft and being able to execute that game plan it, it no question about it it was an a plus um i was actually reading an article i don't remember who had wrote it but they were talking about how it was very clear that Ron had a plan going into the draft and reading this, it kind of enlightened me a little more to how good we actually did. Um, Ron even talked about it in the press conference afterwards. He had one goal uh, and that was get players who can contribute immediately. And yeah. the first four picks, obvious um, contributors, uh, Dotson, even though people thought we reached for him um, as a Penn State fan. Which, oh, I'm not even a Penn State fan and I disagree with that. I think the, the shit he did, especially this year. Yeah. Uh, like if you think about that Ohio State game, no, uh, yeah, I, I don't see that. Boy, I was like, he was like, oh, I think it was a bit of a reach. I was like, think of it this way. Penn State had no run game. And while uh, Parker Washington, the wide receiver two for Penn State, is definitely good and I think will do just fine uh, now. Teams basically, like, to compare it to Washington, he was our Terry McLaurin. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, teams could sit there and say, the ball is going to go to this guy. Um, now, obviously... Gibson helped helped out a little bit last year, but nonetheless, and he still proceeded to produce. Um, I want to say he had five drops his entire college career, yeah. somewhere around there. Um, does not drop the ball. He's got insane speed. Um, great route running. The route running, you know, is obviously, you know, you could have bad hands, you could have bad speed, whatever. If you can run routes efficiently, you're going to get open, even in the NFL. So I think that was great. And that's um, from catching balls from Sean Clifford the last two years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 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 Um, you know, we had Mathis, uh, who's going to come off the bench at least this year, depending on how things go with the Duran Payne um, negotiations that could vary next year. But he's going to come off the bench, which still is going to equal about 50% of his snap, of the defensive snaps. So, again, production. Um, and he was a captain at Bama. So that's always good. Uh, Robinson Jr., the running back. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I, I have something else. So finish oh. your thoughts. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, Robinson Jr., the running back we picked up. Uh, a change of pace for sure. Um, Gibson is definitely more elusive. And obviously, JD McKissick is more of a, um, you know, pass catcher. 
uh, he can line up and run, but that gives us, you know, the short yardage, the um, goal line, all that stuff, and it'll help keep Gibson's and McKissick's legs fresher. Mm-hmm. So, again, he can contribute. And Butler, our fourth pick, uh, the safety, he's a standout on special teams, even if he doesn't necessarily play snaps on defense, which Ron seems to think that he's going to contribute on defense to. Um, he'll be making plays on special teams. So, again, top four that we picked, uh, contributing early. And then that's not to mention picking up Sam Howe with the first pick in the fifth round. You know, a couple months ago, he was up there with the talk of Kenny Pickett possibly possibly being a first-round pick, and here we are drafting him in the fifth round. Um, I don't think he's going to end up being a Tom Brady or he's definitely not like an Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes. But if he can learn from Wentz and Heineke, Heineke's got a good brain. Um, You know, he has limitations as far as like his arm strength and stuff, but he's got a good brain. If he can sit there and learn, I definitely think that's somebody that we could um, use as our franchise quarterback. Again, you know, no Tom Brady, but be able to make throws. He loves slinging the ball down the field. We have the speed to do it. Um, So that was my favorite pick in the draft was Sam Howe, first round or first pick in the fifth round uh, by far. So I I just have to, who's your tight end at at Washington? Logan Thomas. Yeah. um, So. This is this is Wentz's year to put up or shut up. Um, so like the past few years, the, the stigma around him is like he's not that good, but he has had zero weapons. Like in Indy, he had Pittman Jr. and he had Thomas to carry the ball. Like he had one weapon, and Pittman got hurt a couple times. Um, so this is the first year he's going in where he has legitimate weapons all around him, especially with Dotson coming in now. If he Gibson can't do it now, like and if exactly. Samuel's healthy, like first of all, our wide receiver core is probably. I would put it up as one of the best. Yeah. Yeah. Um, fastest in the league, let alone skill level. Like, yeah. Um, so yeah, this is Wentz's year to put up a shot. But Sam Howe, I would put in the same category as Mitch. I mean, obviously they came from UNC both, but um he has the ability to get, you know, up into the upper upper echelon. Now, like you said, I don't think he's ever gonna become like a Tom Brady or an Air Rodgers, but the way the NFL is going, that's not who you need, you know, run, running the ball anymore. Um you know, you just need somebody who can make the right decisions and then let your 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 running back, let your wide receivers carry you, you know, to, to the up yeah. echelon. And then at the end of the day, your defense is, is what's been winning the championship. Which as far crazy. as game plan is what Ron wants to do. Ron wants to, you know, tough, good defense, run the ball, make passes when you need to, yeah. you know. And, and I have seen Sam play in person. And listen, again, not the, the highest high here tier talent, um, but – he can still do some great things with ball, and he's still going to be a lot of fun to watch. And his um, production last year was was lowered, but like mm-hmm. his entire team around him went to shit. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like once they lost that Virginia Tech game, they kind of like, oh well, shit, might as well pack it in. Sure. Um, but then, then my last thought, uh, and you were saying like, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, you know, kind of reached a little bit, but I'd rather sit there and be like, uh, you know, we reached a little bit, but we filled our needs rather than being like, oh shit, we reached and you know, yeah. Hey, we just signed a quarterback and we don't need to like in that like situation. I, I picture that hey, hey, in a great hey. perspective. <laughs> no, you guys needed the QB though. You did. But uh this picture put it in this perspective and it basically broke it down like the trade would have looked, but instead of the draft picks it showed. So basically we traded, say, Chris Olave for Jahan Dotson, um Cole Turner, I guess Mathis, no, Mathis was our second round pick. So Robinson Jr. and I forget who the other one. Oh, and Sam Howe, basically, is what we turned those picks into. So I'd trade Chris Olave for those four players any day of the week. 
<laughs> yeah, absolutely. Not and that's no knock on Alave. Like I would have no, gladly no. taken him too, but yeah. Um, but okay, enough enough time on the on the draft. Uh, we will have to see how those picks work out come fall. Uh, moving on, Nick, to you again. Uh, yes, off here. Yes. So, uh, so with the first round of the NBA playoffs over, I want to know who is you guys' pick uh, for NBA champion as it sits right now. Slate, I'll let you go first this time. Uh, so I got into basketball about the time that the Warriors started doing good. So I just, I consider myself a bandwagon person when it comes to basketball. But uh, I think that now that they've got Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, Jordan Poole, uh, Steph Curry, they've, they've got a really solid team to be able to make a really deep run in the playoffs here. I think right now that the team that I'm worried about the most is the Celtics. Yeah. Um, but, which, I mean, it, they, they did lose a little bit of depth last night with uh, Gary Payton going down. That was a scary fall um, yeah steve kerr said that he uh that that was a uh against the unwritten rule yeah and i mean if it, it, it was a little little too rough um in the but, first quarter yeah yeah uh but moving on to my pick in the west i still would will take um the warriors like you said i, I just think they probably have the best overall team um I really don't see anybody challenging him too much. Now, I, I, maybe as the the Western Conference Finals go to Game Seven at least uh, with the Suns, um, but it just seems like that. I mean, the Suns will build a little bit of momentum and then they'll just come out and play like shit one night. And like, uh, if you do that against the Warriors, like, they're, yeah, they're gonna be pushing you to the edge every single night. And if you play like shit one night, they're gonna dog you by thirty. And I just don't see a team mentally recovering by that or from that. Uh, so in the West, I'm gonna take the Warriors. In the East, after game one of the second round, I was going to say Bucks, but after game two, I, I I really don't know. So that series that series decides the Eastern Conference. Um, I think after the bounce back they had, I'm going to take the Celtics, um, but I I think that's going to go seven. That's going to be a slugfest, and then it's the Heat and who else? In, in that the Philly East? team. Oh yeah, well, yeah. Well, they can both just go. Yeah. I mean, I, I want the Heat to win because fuck <laughs> Philly, but. Um, I mean, if they can be healthy and yeah, go ahead. I I don't know what she's called, but the, the woman that was doing the ceremony for George and Hannah's wedding, wedding, the officiant, the officiant. Yeah, there we go. I couldn't think of the word happened to mention Philly in her like spiel. And I mumbled under my breath as the best man standing like two feet behind George. Fuck Philly. Yeah. Cause that's how bad it's. Um, Come on, Greg. Come on, Greg. (laughs) Uh, so yeah. And then out of those two, um, I don't know, I think it's I might actually watch the NBA finals for once. Um, <laughs> but I, just because biasly, I would probably take Boston. Yeah. Um, I actually agree perfectly with you here, George. My my pick at the moment is the Celtics. Um, but really I think it's whoever comes out of this series um between the Celtics and the Bucks. Uh, you know. The Celtics are playing great defense. They're scoring efficiently. And overall, they look like the team that's hungriest to win. Um, but on the same side, if the Warriors catch that Warriors heat, especially like they like to do in the playoffs, that is even with the the Celtics playing great defense or the Bucks for that matter. Um, sometimes it doesn't matter how great a defense you play when the Warriors are hot, they're hot. So um, I, I definitely, like I said, agree wholeheartedly with everything. Yeah, I mean, either way, like I said, the, 
I've actually been like checking the scores every once in a while. Like, oh, hey, what's going on? Um, so it's actually got me interested for once, which is super weird. Um, but I'm I'm definitely intrigued, and I I have enjoyed watching some of the games. I was the biggest thing, and I'm gonna ready to switch TV providers because I'm over to this point. But I don't have TNT right now, so I couldn't watch March Madness. March oh, Madness, man. and then. Now half of the hockey playoffs are on TNT and half of the NBA playoffs are on TNT. I was like, okay, I just need TNT at this point. So I'm going to ready to switch. <laughs> and it, uh, it's, it's frustrating. Um, so there's our picks. Uh, so I'm going to Celtics. Slade's going Warriors. You're going Celtics? Nick? Yes, Celtics. Okay. All right. Uh, moving on. Speaking of the playoffs, the NHL has started their playoffs. Uh, we are into the first round now. Uh, game twos are going on right now. Uh, so every, every series has had their first game. Um, Nick, you were the new fan to hockey. Well, we're trying to get Slade into it too. Um, he's working on it. Yeah. You were, you were more involved in the hockey now. Uh, so give me your thoughts on the playoffs so far. Uh, you know, are you enjoying it? And, uh, your, your picks for this round, just cause I feel like this is as somebody who's watched playoff for like years now in the NHL. I really do feel like this is one of the more unpredictable years, at least in the East. I think I think the West is all but decided, especially after last night. But um, your, your thoughts and, and your first round picks. Yeah. So um, to put it in a word, uh, wow. <laughs> um, I've been hearing for months since I started watching hockey. Every time I text George, excited about something, or anybody that watches hockey for that matter, they're like, "Just wait for the playoffs. Just wait for the playoffs." And if this is what the playoffs look like every year, my God. I mean, we're talking two shutouts in the first night, triple overtime in the second night, not to mention we talked about it a little before the show, uh, Shesterkin, 70 saves and still gave up four goals and lost. Um, I, I I couldn't imagine. But nonetheless, it has been wild so far. Um, I can't wait to see, you know, what else happens, especially as we get closer to the Stanley Cup finals. Uh, my picks for this round, um, so I got the Hurricanes, Unfortunately, the Leafs, um, I watched not a whole lot of that game because I went to bed, but every single game in Toronto is going to be ridiculous. Those fans, especially, I believe I texted you because you would flip games um, during that five-minute penalty kill, and they had like four good scoring opportunities, and uh, Tampa Bay had none. The fans were just going crazy. Um, The Wild, if they can figure out how to score, I know they got shut out. they know how to score, but they got to figure out. Hey, how they to score. scored once. You know, they did score once. Oh, did they? Okay, yeah. that's right. Um, the Oilers, uh, which that's going to be a good series. Um, the Penguins, you'll be glad to see that uh, or to hear that, I should say. I, I'm still – that was probably my closest pick right there was the Penguins and Rangers because yeah. I did pick the Rangers as my dark horse team. But nonetheless, um, the Panthers, Avalanche, and I had the Flames. That could, that could go very uh, drastically in the wrong direction. All right, Slade, do you, have you watched any playoff hockey yet? <laughs> what are your thoughts, and do you have any picks? All right, we, so I haven't, I haven't gotten quick. a we chance. Got, we got Slade to play NHL for the first time the other day, and I think he was getting ready to throw his controller through the TV, so he's on the right track. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I didn't quite know the controls, but I'm getting there. Uh, so I kind of agree with Nick. With a couple of these, I think that all season, just hearing you guys and seeing the different things that you guys are tweeting out and stuff like that, it seems like the Hurricanes um, out of Carolina are 
have a really good season this year, and they've done really good these these first uh, two games so far. I mean, they're they're playing right now, and they're up three one, so they're looking to go up two zero in the series. And then I think that it's going to be really close between the Maple Leafs and the Lightning. I think I'm going to go with the Lightning in that series, uh, even though they got shut out five zero first first game. They're up right now. Uh, I think also I'm going to go with the Wild. I know that that's a tough one because it seemed like the Blues just had the better game plan in the first game, just based on their, their score and their shots and everything. I know I had to learn that, the shots on goal and all that. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, I'm going to go with the Oilers then. And then for last night's game or for last night's rounds, I'm going to go against the Penguins, George, unfortunately. All right. Gonna... Pick he he actually probably call. prefers you to pick. <laughs> yeah, honestly, yeah, at this point, team. yeah, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I'll pick the, the Rangers, the Panthers, the Avalanche, and then I'm going to go with the Stars. Okay. Um, yeah, so my thoughts, like, I'm, I just, I love playoff hockey. The first night we sat there, and I was just watching the, the uh, who was it, the Hurricanes and Bruins play. I did flip back and forth a little bit between the the Lightning and Maple Leafs, especially during intermissions and stuff. But Hannah was sitting there watching the game with me, and it was like middle of the second period. She goes, "Boss," or she's like, "Pittsburgh's not playing." And I was like, "No." She goes, "I just saw black and gold." I was like, "No, this is different team." Don't you she was, dare! She was like, "I just," I was like, "It's it's playoffs. Like I need to watch." And um, so last night she got baptism by fire because she's she's just starting to, to watch a little bit and starting to learn. And during Penguins games, I'm not going to be very educational. And I'm screaming with the TV. Uh, there's a ton of bad calls. I mean, it, it went both ways. And I'll get into that in a second. Um, but I like I love hockey. But like playoff hockey is just like another step up. The intensity comes out. Hopefully Seattle makes it next year. So like, I mean, obviously, like you, you were seeing it and you're kind of feeling a little bit. But like once you get to experience it as a fan yourself, it's next level. Um, Dude, I couldn't imagine going through three overtimes in the first round. Like the first overtime, I was amped. Second overtime, I was I was like coming down a little bit, and then the third one started. I was like, I just, I just want to go to bed, guys. Like, but please don't make me go to bed angry. Like that kind of mentality. Like I'm just sitting there. I'm like scrolling through TikTok. I'm like, all right. Not to mention uh, having to watch the opposite goalie make seventy saves. Oh yeah, like, the, the, we were just peppering the guy, and we I think we hit the post literally like ten times. And I was I was about to scream, um, but at that point Hannah was in bed, so I couldn't. Um, Oh, no, I picked real quick. Um, so I am going to take St. Louis uh, for the sole reason that in game one, it, it they did game plan a lot better. But two, Minnesota's defense was just dog shit. Like, Flurry made 41 saves and, you know, ended up still giving up, what, five goals. Um, and that's that just all comes down to their defense. So unless they can get that fixed, they're not winning that series. Uh, and they're going to leave the first round disappointed yet again. Uh, but again, not Flurry's fault. Um, in the Oilers King series, I'm taking the Kings for the pure reason that the Oilers goalie is dog shit. Um, it's just <laughs> complete opposite thing. The guy was making the dumbest plays. I, I, I think half of his turnovers led to freaking goals. Um, so I'm taking the Kings in that series again, leaving the Oilers disappointed in the first round. Uh, also on the West, let's see who do we have. Um, easy one we have the abs preds after last night if if the abs don't sweep them i'm going to be disappointed because it was five nothing after one period um 
that game was supposed to come on right after the Penguins game and after the third period ended, they're like, okay, we'll, like, we'll, we'll take you there. And like five seconds into the game and they, they scored on power play. I was like, oh, well, this isn't going to be good. And then they showed the game for literally like five minutes. I looked at my watch and they scored three goals. I was like, yeah, that's, that, that's just not good. Um, so yeah, I see that. Yeah. Tennessee. I was like, yeah. oh, wow. And um, Which is a, it's a shame that Nashville pulled um, Colorado in the first round because they, yeah. I actually felt like they they aren't a bad team. Yeah, I think if they were at any other team, they might have been able to at least put up a fight in the first round, yeah. but maybe make it out. But, yeah, uh, I think Colorado's just a buzzsaw right now. Now, how far that they'll go into the playoffs will be interesting to watch. Uh, and in the other series, I am taking Calgary over Dallas. Um, it's going to be a very low-scoring series compared to some of these other ones, uh, like a 5-1, 5-0, 4 I think that, that those are a lot more defensive control teams. Uh, Calgary has the ability to put up a lot of goals, um, but I think right now they're just trying to grind Dallas down, and I, I don't see a lot of goals being scored there. Uh, so those are my Western Conference picks in the East. I am taking Carolina uh, for the hometown bias. Uh, I really hope that they play Pittsburgh in the second round. So that way I can go to a game because like their fan base is nuts. And I, I desperately want to go there, especially for a playoff game. Um, they have to make a cup run. I, I don't care. I'm doing it. I'm, I'm panic and yell at me later. I'm, I'm pulling the trigger. I'm getting tickets. I'm going. Um, <laughs> so I'm taking Carolina over Boston, uh, Florida and Washington. It, it's going to go seven games. I'm calling it now. Um, Florida had the offense last night. They just couldn't capitalize on some opportunities and they had, a couple of terrible defensive turnovers um, that led to goals. So I'm, but I am going to take Washington, or excuse me, I'm going to take Florida in that series. Uh, but I expect that to go to the full seven games. Um, this is a Washington team that you know four months ago, or not four months ago, four weeks ago, really. We thought if yeah, we, we were talking about Columbus or one. yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, but I mean, they have turned it on. Um, they've been sneakily good. And they're definitely, I mean, every year in the playoffs, they, they are somebody to watch. Um, so, yeah, like I said, they're, they're going to push it seven games at least. It's going to be a great back and forth. But I have Florida taking that one. Uh, Toronto, Tampa Bay. Uh, I was all on board Toronto, especially after game one. Um, and I just want Tampa Bay's reign to tear to end. I kind of know how people feel when we went back to back in, in 17, 18 now. Uh, I really hope we weren't as obnoxious. At least I wasn't. Um, probably were. I probably was. <laughs> um, but after I sh- I sent you that video on Instagram of that Toronto fan completely dressed in gear in his basement. Um, yeah, no, fuck Toronto. I'm taking Tampa Bay now. Uh, for that we, sole reason. We were texting about it while I was watching the game the other night, and I like, like who do we take? And then we yeah. saw that dirty hit. We're like, oh, maybe we should take Tampa Bay. And then we're like, ah, oh, you know what? No, like you know they won back to back. They need to just get out of the playoffs. Um, no. After I saw that video. No. The only yeah. reason I still have Toronto and, and or am still rooting I, for Toronto. I, I do I, believe Toronto will win, but I, I, after that video, I'm like, you know what? Yeah. I want Tampa Bay to win this series, even and they can yeah. lose the next round. Even though I hate like half the other people that go on the ice, I, I'm a I'm a big I don't want to say a big fan, but I enjoy watching Marner play. Yeah, so I, I agree. Yeah, and uh, he's agreed. like the only thing keeping me from being like, yeah, Tampa Bay, <laughs> let's go. Yeah. Um. Let's see who else do we got here. And I think I'm just watching the games. <laughs> we just talked about them all. At the Stars Flames, maybe? No, I was, I'm in the East now. Oh. Uh, I was, was, was going 
I'm I'm saving them for last for somebody else in the middle. Uh, you got there's, the you did the Bruins no. I guess there's no. There's not. Yeah. yeah. There's not. Okay, I got them all. Um. So yeah, math Peng- is not our strong suit. No, it is not. Penguins Rangers. Um. I'm tired from staying Rangers. up till midnight last night watching that goddamn game. Um. This I am taking the Penguins, mm. but it comes down to if this. This freaking goalie can keep playing. Luis Domingue can keep playing the way he did when he came in last night. Uh, we're, so he's our third string goalie, which is very concerning. Um, but the way our defense played from the second period on was really uplifting to watch. Uh, normally we play like dog shit on defense, and that's what kills us. And it killed us in the first period. Uh, the team and the energy was flowing. And for some reason, when they came out to start the second period, uh, just it. Like they got an early goal, and instead of you know pushing and capitalizing, they just kind of like died off. But they got two goals is enough, and that that was the end of it. Um, but if if we can take the energy, you know, from pulling out that late win, uh, that a lot of people didn't expect, especially you know, like I said, after your second string goalie, who's now your starting goalie, goes down, um, and you got to throw in a, a guy cold. He had no time to warm up. He literally. Skated off, like took his head off, put his helmet on, skated on, and started playing goalie, and immediately faced like three shots. Um, but that has to be so deflating as a Rangers player and especially a fan to sit there and be like, okay, the third string goalie's in, and you still barely get any shots on goal, uh, and and then you end up losing, and you have Do a goalie. We... I was just saying, and you have a goalie who's going to win. Who's he's my pick? He's winning the Vezina Trophy. Uh, just that has to be like super defeating, and and and. Just a huge letdown. What were we gonna say, Slade? Do we have stats on the Pittsburgh Zamboni driver yet? Or <laughs> no. So they actually they had to just call up their AHL goalie, which I feel really bad because the AHL team came back from like 10 games back to make the playoffs. And oh, so they're getting ready to start. So <laughs> we took their goal and we're like, ah, you guys were kind of fun. Uh, so I kind of feel bad for them. Um, but real quick, the last thing I want to talk about with it with the uh, NHL playoffs is it's supposed to be like the top 40% of uh, or the top 40 NHL refs. Uh, they are dog shit. Uh, one night we have a, a Toronto player rightfully ejected. Uh, that was a dirty hit. The next night uh, we have a dirty hit from the Rangers on the Penguins. And originally they called it a five minute major. Like, okay, cool. Uh, should have been a game misconduct in my mind, but I'll, I'll take the five minute power play, whatever. And then after commercial break, they come back. We're like, it's a two-minute power play, two-minute minor for roughing. It's like, are you fucking serious? And everybody's like, well, he he initiated the, the hit in his chest. I'm like, I don't give a shit about that. You can say whatever you want about that. It's the fact he left his feet and jumped into the dude after he got rid of the puck. He didn't have the puck anymore. That's. But uh, Ranger fans were just bitching nonstop. Um, and I can't stand them. But, I mean, over, I think the rest were terrible <laughs> both ways last night, uh, which I agreed. <laughs> But I agree, you know, they miss calls on both teams, but, uh, you know, uh, Ranger fans are going to cry. He, he's at least an Islander fan. Um, I have nothing mean to say about them. Um, but, yeah, those, so those are my picks. That's enough talking about the NHL playoffs before I get riled up here uh, and get us off track and we don't finish this show. <laughs> uh, moving on, uh, we got some junior motorsports news Slade wants to tell us all about. Slade, go ahead, buddy. Yeah, I mean, I know we don't really talk about the Xfinity Series much, but it's the feeder programs that end up seeing those guys race for the big names in NASCAR. Uh, I just thought it was pretty cool that Hendricks is going to uh, 
basically give all the equipment to JAR Motorsports for them to field a fifth car. It's just basically practice, practice races for Byron, Larson, and Elliott throughout the season. But uh, I just thought it was really cool that they're uh, putting extra like resources and effort into their feeder program and also just getting their drivers more t- practice time, you know? Yeah, um, it, it is good to see that. And coming into this year with the – Junior had three full-time drivers in his fourth car. He would put in like an up-and-coming driver, you know, somebody like that. Uh, Josh Berry did such a great job last year. They gave him a full-time ride. And so that, you know, that kind of pace-filling car went away. Um, so, I mean, it's definitely going to help out guys like Elliot Larson uh, and, and Byron, and even Bowman probably too, um, you know, to, to get a little more seat time at tracks. Uh, but I, I see maybe a few races too, especially um, – you know, there's a few times on the schedule when the Xfinity series and the Cup series will follow each other around. Um, I'm hoping those weeks, it'd, it'd be really cool to see them again and continue the, the feeder program, but, but from lower, uh, you know, bring up some guys who are, you know, maybe up and coming talent. Hey, let's give you a shot. Go out there, run a race uh, and, and see how they do there. Uh, again, kind of like they did with the fourth car before. Um, maybe they'll give your favorite truck driver, Natalie Decker, a chance. Please, dear God, do not. Do not. <laughs> Uh, I can't say I wouldn't root for Junior's team anymore because that's just not true, but please don't do that. <laughs> um, she tears up enough equipment and trucks. You don't want to spend that kind of money to tear up an Xfinity car. Uh, I can assure you, I could do a better job probably. Um, or at least if I wreck, I'm going to take out half the field and my teammate can go win. Uh, that's, I don't know. Uh, promise. Yeah, damn right. Um, I'm a team player when it comes to NASCAR. Um, George is just like in the NASCAR game. He's driving backwards. Oh, He's yeah. like, okay, you win this race. I'll drive backwards. Yeah. What, what's, what's the worst that's going to happen? Like, are, are they going to say I can't drive NASCAR anymore? Well, no shit. I couldn't do it in the first place. Right. <laughs> uh, Nick, do you got, any, you got anything to add about that? I know you don't really – you're getting back in the NASCAR. You don't really watch Xfinity as much. Yeah, I mean um... – well, here, you, you went to your first NASCAR race. I don't know if ever, but at least in a while. Tell, tell us about your 67-lap experience at Dover. Yeah, so <laughs> we talked about it a little before the show. I think it's the only time in my life I've seen 67-lap race at Dover in a row. Um, well, there was a competition caution, but nonetheless. Um, that there I don't wasn't, count those. Yeah, exactly, that there wasn't an actual caution. Um, so that was good to see. I, I wish I could have stayed for the whole race. Um, I did end up watching uh some of it on tv on monday um, actually weirdly enough so at the end of the red flag larson was sitting at first and i was like okay he didn't have the fastest car out there denny hamlin by far had the fastest car out there um but i was like we got a chance hamlin was a couple spots back i looked at one point when i first remembered the race was on and i seen larson at like 31st and a lap down and i was like what the fuck so I was like, okay, he must have like spun out or wrecked or something. I go back to look at the standings after the race, and he was like eighth or some shit like that. I was like, all right, well, I wish I would have watched the whole thing. Um, but nonetheless, uh, great experience. It was a great atmosphere there. Um, everybody's excited to be there. Um, so definitely uh, excited to hopefully go back next year. Yeah. Um, I mean, we're all hoping to go to a NASCAR race later this year. Um but I mean, we, we like we said, we touched on it briefly just before the show. Um, the stands were on Sunday afternoon were completely packed, which is really good to see. Um, you know, I don't think Dover's going to go through a full resurgence where they go back to having two dates, unless the Nashville experience completely falls apart. 
uh, and they decide to either scrap it or go to the national fairgrounds that they've been talking about for years. Uh, but that'll be interesting to watch. Um, but again, really good to see, you know, them, like I said, have a bounce back pack crowds. And then the race was a really great race too, uh, which is, you know, again, really fun to see. Uh, moving on. Um, it is NASCAR throwback weekend at Darlington. Um, so real quick, uh, give me your favorite all-time scheme and your favorite scheme from this year's upcoming uh, race. Uh, Nick, we'll let you go first. Uh, yes. Yeah, so first up, uh, my all-time, it's actually, I didn't have to go back very far to find this. Um, I just started scrolling through different throwback schemes, and I happened to find one from last year. Um, so my all-time one is going to be uh, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., and last year's, uh, his, uh, I'm not a fan of the driver, all right, but I like the car. Um, his his Tide car, uh, I remember when I was younger, um, you know, it would always catch your eye on the track. It didn't yeah. matter who you were rooting for. Um, you know, it, you've seen that car. And that throwback that he did, I think, looked better than the original car. But again, um, you know, caught your eye. You noticed it. Yeah. Uh, and I, I've always been a fan of bright colors. Um, but. On the contrary, for my pick for this year, uh, I'm going with the Ross Chastain number one Coca-Cola Chevy. Um, <laughs> Something tells me all three of us are going to pick the track house throwbacks. <laughs> uh, you know, the smooth black car with the white down the bottom of the sides just takes me back to a better time. Not that I was really old enough to watch back then, but nonetheless, um, I can remember. Yeah. All right, Slade, your turn. Your, your favorite all time and your favorite this year. So I think my favorite all time is any time that anyone throws it back to like a Daryl Waltrip orange and white car. Uh, but I can't remember who was the last. I think maybe Matt Kenseth was the last to throw it back to him, um, which was a while ago. But I think this year my favorite car, surprisingly, the Trackhouse cars are nice. But uh, I think that Kyle, or Kyle Larson's number five, it's all white. It's a really nice Hendrick car. I don't know if you guys have gotten a chance to see it, but it's a really nice throwback. It's like really clean. Yeah, I have seen a picture of it. Yeah, it does look pretty good. Um, so my all-time favorite uh, is any of the Bush beer throwbacks Kevin Harvick ran. Um, I know there was a stretch there. I want to say it was 2019-2019 uh, where he had like the really cool old-school throwbacks. Uh, 2019 actually made like limited edition cans too, uh, and they sold them. I wanted to go down and get one because uh, I was in Charlotte the weekend the race was going on. I ended up not though. Um, but threw it back to like the David Pearson days and you know, the Bush series uh, racing or Bush racing series um, days. So that was really always my favorite, uh, especially you sit there and watch the race and you throw a couple of Bush lights back. Um, my favorite this year, I am actually, I'm going with both of the track house cars. Uh, there's a lot. I really liked uh, the Roush before they came out. It was going to be the Roush Fenway cars, throwing it back to Matt Kenseth and Mark Martin. But the way they did their marketing with, you know, the old school NASCAR Thunder video games and having the menu screens and like, oh, like 2004 NASCAR throwback. Um, that was really cool. And I love I love that. Uh, but yeah, Trackhouse came out. Um, the video package they put together touched you um, like your uncle. But I mean, I... <laughs> The, the cars look sweet. I know they had to slightly change the numbers. Um, people are saying uh, somebody uh, related to Dale Earnhardt um, once married to him. 
uh, was thrown a fit about the numbers, so they slightly changed the one car. <laughs> exactly. That's not very race helpful, race helpful. No. Um, but either way, I mean, they still under that name. <laughs> they 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 still look absolutely fabulous. I'm excited uh, to see those cars flying around. The only thing, I mean, I wish this was a Saturday night race, um, or if they move the throwback race back to the fall on Labor Day weekend, so it could be a night race. I because. A lot of these cars, especially those track house cars, would really pop under the lights. Uh, that's just the only thing I wish. Uh, but all in all, I'm very excited uh, to watch this race uh, and, and see those cars going around the track. Um, and then Richard Petty starting the race. He's not allowed to drive the pace car this time. Uh, last time he did that, he wanted to get off the damn track. Um, <laughs> but he will, he will start the race this time. Uh, but either way, it's, it's always a great weekend to see. It's going to be a lot of fun. And before we move on real quick, um, we had, oh, so on Friday, I got married. Uh, it was Dale Earnhardt's birthday. And to I told Nick right before he wanted to give his best man speech that he had to end it with a race hail, praise Dale. And he did. And I was the only one that yelled. At least I'm the only one that heard I yelled because I yelled pretty loud. <laughs> but uh, great moment. I think uh, it got the people going. It did. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah it got the party going. Got George's uh, pants loose. Oh yeah. oh yeah, not loose enough. <laughs> not loose enough, apparently. There's no pants in this world that can contain this amount of ass. That's you know, true. it just it just happens. Um, oh, and I did uh, two days. Yeah, it was two days after the wedding. I was sitting in Dale Earnhardt's section at Dover. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you were. There you go. Um, moving on, we skipped over golf, so we got to go back and do golf real quick. Um, I texted you guys about the lineup, and then I I missed the lineup. Yeah. Um, I was just thinking about it too. I was like, damn, we really skipped over that. Yeah. Uh, so we had the Mexico Open uh, this past weekend. Uh, it's the first time they played in Mexico, and I, I don't remember exactly how many years, um, but it's good to see it back on the calendar. Uh, Slade, get your thoughts first. Uh, what were your thoughts on the tournament? John Rahm, of course, is the winner. Uh, you know, you think he's back in his form. You like him going forward this year. Uh, your, your thoughts on that. So did you guys see any of the other stuff posted about John Rahm this past weekend? I did not. So there was like some random stuff going around Twitter about how John Rom was DQ'd from a tournament because of his um, visa. Because he's not like he wasn't born in the United States. He's yeah, uh, whatever. Spanish, but um, yeah. but so like I saw that, and then all of a sudden the next notification I get is John Rom won the <laughs> tournament. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Like, like what kind of April Fool's joke is this? Yeah, so I, I don't know what that was about. But, I mean, I, I thought John Rahm played a really good tournament. Uh, I think that – I hope that he keeps this up because I would really like to see more than just the one-man show we've been seeing with Scotty Scheffler for the past two months. I mean, what did you guys think? Yeah, Nick, I'll, I'll let you go first. Yeah, Um. I mean, again, like hockey, I'm just starting to get into golf. But um, I, I think that, one – it, it was nice to see um, as I've been learning about hockey and been watching it. He's been somebody that's always had pretty high expectations going into these tournaments and um, hasn't always delivered. Uh, so it is good to see him um, finally get everything together, pull out a win. Um, I'm not too quick to jump off the Scheffler bandwagon. Um, I, I started paying attention slightly after the start of the season, so I'm not 100% sure if this is correct, but I believe I had heard in one of the broadcasts that he had won the first, like, four out of six. Does that sound right? He won he, four of his six starts. Yeah, you're right. You're four right. of his six starts. Okay, yeah. Um, You know, which, obviously, 
<laughs> is pretty damn good. Um, you know, but I, I, like you said, hopefully this will mean that it's not going to be the one man show anymore. Um, you know, hopefully we'll actually see some competition and obviously there's some other people out there who can put together good rounds and, and make it interesting. Um, but it'd be nice to, to see a little more evenness, um, as I continue to try to get in or not continue to try, but continue to get into the sport. Yeah. Um, so I watched a little bit of the tournament on Saturday uh, when we got back, and I really didn't think Rom looked that great. Um, I think the rest of the field just honestly sucked. Uh, <laughs> he was the only like big name that went down there. Um, if he won in a one, I kind of would have been <laughs> a little a little more That's shocked. Fair. That's fair. Um, but to be fair, before I left Pennsylvania on Sunday morning, I put I think bets on the guy that was in second and third to win. Um, but yeah, I get. I just he didn't look that great. I just don't think the rest of the field looked that good. Uh, what I will say though is that course one looked beautiful, and two uh, on Saturday they were talking about. I guess they just built that whole resort down there, and they're talking about all the stuff they're still adding to. It kind of makes me want to go to Mexico now though. Um, but nonetheless, um, I mean it was a huge confidence boost. I guess I would say for him knowing that he could hold off challengers. I mean, listen, you're going to go to every tournament and there's going to be at least one or two random guys that are pressuring the, the top guys um so I, I think it was at least some confidence boost momentum builder for him to be like okay i can hold these guys off um you know we have the other three majors you know coming up in quick succession here i think the pga championships in two weeks uh and then like a month after that is the u.s open and the month after that's the open um so i mean they're going to start coming a little a little more frequently here and that's when you really need to perform. Uh, so nice little tune-up for him because we've well-documented this year. Uh, he has really struggled a lot, uh, you know, barely making cuts, missed a few cuts too. Um, so nonetheless, anytime you win a golf tournament, it's, it's always going to, you know, help you out a little bit. Um, I just don't think it's as – I just don't think it's as, you know, monumental as if you would have beat – you know, say JT was out there and he would have beat him or, or Spieth or something like that. Um, I, I put it just like a step below Spieth winning the RBC Heritage, you know, a couple weeks ago. Um, it's it's going to depend on how he reacts to it. And, right, exactly. Yeah. Um, but that does it for our topics. Uh, we're going to move quick into our top five. Uh, Slade, why don't you present the top five for us this week? Okay, so the top five is our top five bucket list racetracks that we would want to go to. In our lifetime. So, which one do you guys want to go first? Nick, why don't you go first, buddy? All right, I'll go first. Uh, so, up first at number five, uh, I like counting down. I think George normally does it the other way, but I like counting down. Uh, <laughs> I count down. He can't you contain do. himself. Yeah, he just wants to get out of the way. Um, so, up first, I have uh, Bristol at my number five. Um, you know, historic track. It has um, some of these tracks I picked just – for shits and giggles, basically, um, you know, but there's a, a two or three of them that I actually have seen and want to go to, and Bristol was one of them. Um, not necessarily my biggest, like, yeah, let's go there next weekend, but nonetheless, I would enjoy going there. Uh, fourth, uh, we have Richmond. Um, this isn't necessarily a track that I personally would want to go watch necessarily, but again, um, you know, the history behind it the respect and all that stuff. So I, I think it would be 
it, it kind of be like going to Madison Square Garden. Like I could give two shits about anybody that plays in Madison Square Garden, but I would love to go there for the sake of saying it. I went yeah. to Madison Square Garden. Mm-hmm. Um, for my number three, I think hey, Vegas. Hold on, hold on. Oh, you go could ahead. go to Madison Square Garden when they crack and play the Rangers. I could. There you go. There you go. Then, then you would give a shit. You might yeah. get booed and shit thrown at you for cheering against the Rangers, but hey, at least you'll be it. the only motherfucker you, wearing that color. <laughs> you got you, you can you could go and see you got the full experience. Yeah, there you go. yeah. Like I got every get person in New York by a hobo in the subway. Oh yeah, you have to honestly, or you didn't go to New York. Um, but uh, for number three, I picked Vegas. Um, one, I think this is a cool track, but two, this is just an excuse to go to Vegas. To be hundred <laughs> percent honest with you. Um. So my top two were actually tracks that I would love to go to. Like if I had the opportunity next week, I would go. So number two, I picked Talladega one. Um, why the fuck wouldn't you want to go? Two, again, it's a historic track, um, you know, and a little change of pace, um, you know, from some of the other tracks. And number one, arguably the best track in racing as far as, um, you know, what opportunities it brings with it. Uh, I picked Daytona, um, you know. I know there's been some changes, but still beautiful track. Um, I had growing up, I had um, one of those like carpets that have the roads on them, um, oh, yeah. and it was the Daytona one. So I always growing up, you know, wanted to go to Daytona. So as that's probably my most genuine pick on this list um, is Daytona for number one. Okay. Um, so Nick had five NASCAR tracks. I have two. Um, <laughs> But real quick, the the only one. Well, I, I have two on here that I'm gonna that you also have. There were some road courses that I yeah. wanted to pick, but I figured if I sat somewhere, I wouldn't be able to. Like, I, I don't know how the seating looks at at yeah. those tracks, so I was like, I don't know how much race I'd see, so I don't know if I'd actually want to go. Um, the only one I don't have on my list I don't want to talk about real quick is Bristol. So Slade and I both have been to the Bristol Day Race. Want to be um, Bristol Dirt? Yeah. I, I would love to go to Bristol Dirt too, but I really want to go to the night race. Like if if I end up not going to that Nebraska game this fall, I say the three of us go to the night race. Like well, uh, But uh, so for my top five, uh, number five, I actually have Daytona. Um, I would I would love to go to the Daytona 500, and I'm not, not diminishing that race at all. Um, I just had Talladega step ahead, just because I feel like Talladega would be so much more of a party. Like you see all the, the the videos that come out, especially from the Talladega Boulevard in the infield, and you know the night before the race. That's the only reason I have Talladega a step ahead of Daytona. Um, number three, I have Monza in Italy, uh, the Formula One track. Um, I would love to go there for a Formula One race. Uh, seeing the Ferrari fans lose their shit uh, would be so much fun. Uh, the fastest track on on the circuit for them. Um, I'd just be ridiculous to see F1 cars fly around that. Uh, number two, I have Spa, another F1 track. Um, one of the most historic tracks, uh, probably neck and neck with Monza and Monaco. Uh, I have Monaco just off the list here. That would probably be my honorable mention. Uh, the only reason I want to go there is just it's there's not a lot of passing. And I understand passing is not racing. And there's, you know, I, I understand. But, um, like, I... I Want a little bit of excitement. I feel like Monaco might be a, a touch too boring, but nonetheless, I would still fucking love to go there. Uh, I just have spots step ahead. I just think, you know, watching cars fly up a Rouge uh, and go through that quick uh, left, right, left uh, up the hill would be, you know, spectacular to see. Uh, my number one, I have Le Mans um, or Le Mans. 
the 24 hours of Le Mans has always been some something on my bucket list. Uh, I want to go there. I want to go to the 24 hours of Daytona. Um, one of the probably the most historic track in the world. Um, and just something I desperately want to get off my bucket list. There's some good ones. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think just like you guys, I also picked Dega and Daytona as one of my picks. Um, I think that the Daytona 500, I mean, it's just an amazing way to start the year out, an amazing track, all I'm the sure. history and everything. Yeah. Um, I think another one that has a lot of history behind it that I would love to go to is the Coke 600 in Charlotte. Um, there's talk Charlotte about my honorable mention. There, there's talk about them lowering the uh, amount of miles per track and stuff like that, but yeah. trying to keep the Daytona 500 and the Coke 600 intact, which I hope they do because I mean yeah. it's, it's a part of the draw for those tracks. Like I'm not going to go to the Coke 450, <laughs> but um, I think uh, one that I would really like to go to that is just a lot of chaos, like you had just talked about wanting to see, is Martinsville. Yeah. I would love to go there. I mean, I hope that Denny Hamlin doesn't win, but I would I would love to go there. Um, and then I think Darlington night with the throwbacks and everything would really be great as my second. And then I think my first, I, I would want to go to Phoenix just because that's where the championship's at the last two two years, right? Yeah, and this year. And, I, really, I really hope to God it's the last year they have it there because I'm over that fucking championship race. I, <laughs> I'm, I'm not a fan of the, the movement of the – finish line but i do like it that it's a little bit more controversy than homestead because yeah. when you went to homestead everyone just kind of ran around hope to finish in front of the other guy yeah uh i will say I, I prefer homestead to phoenix but my my biggest complaint with with phoenix i i if they fix this i would probably tolerate it a little bit more is i hate that they just they can cut the shit out of the dog like like you don't have to drive on the track like you go to Daytona and Talladega, like, oh, you can't go below this line. You know, you go to road courses, you can't drive X X amount off the track. But you go to Phoenix, so they got drive through pit lane for all I care. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I, that's my biggest thing. Um, your other t- so I live 15 minutes from Charlotte. You you let me know when you want to go. Um, we took Hannah last year. That was her first ever NASCAR race. And to the 600 or to like the Roval? <laughs> the 600. Nice. Uh, yeah, not a not a good choice. I would. You want to go to your first NASCAR race? Do not go to the 600. Yeah, um, the halfway through, Hannah looks at me and she goes, "Oh, is this almost over?" And I was like, "I was like, are you not having fun?" She goes, "No, I'm having a lot of fun." She's like, "I'm just getting a little tired." I was like, "You're like sweet." <laughs> I was like, uh, <laughs> "I was like, we're we're halfway," and she goes, "Are you fucking serious?" And I was like, "Yep." Uh, <laughs> but the best part, well, and it also sucked last year too because the package that NASCAR used to run sucked. And Larson was literally a lap ahead of the field, and it wasn't. It, there was zero entertainment. I don't that think was the was, whole season. I don't think there was any wrecks all year. Um, so it or all, all race. So it 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 sucked. Uh, and every driver she picked, she's like, okay, that's who I'm rooting for. Like she picked Ross Chastain at first, and he blew an engine. Rex. And she's <laughs> she picked Matt Benedetto, and he like spun on pit road. And so then she's like, I guess I'm a Larson fan. Um, but the 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 best part of the night was like midway through the third stage. Uh, this girl was drinking out of a gallon bag the whole night. Uh, God only knows what she was drinking. Mm, um, this this sums up NASCAR in like a, a perfect, just like you know, little capsule. And I, I this is why I want to go to Talladega so bad because I know it's like this girl times a thousand. And 
um, this guy is just walking back up the bleachers and she reaches over and grabs him and pulls him down and they just start making out. And the whole crowd in both of our sections stops watching the race and just focuses on them. And they were going at it for the last 150 laps. And I don't, I, I didn't watch the rest of the race. I just like, because every, every time you looked away, you heard, you heard her, we go, Ooh, you're like, what happened? And then you realize it's the two people in front of you, like doing everything, but fucking, um, <laughs> and Martinsville, love it. Martinsville is only an hour away, uh, from Hannah Hannah's parents' house. Um, so oh, yeah. we, we, we can go there anytime and then just go back to the lake. Um, but other than that, yeah, I, I mean, I think you guys both had great top fives. It's just, I think with me getting into formula one, a little bit more, I've seen these other tracks. I've seen what the fanfare is like. There was like, I, I want to go there. Um, and like I said, Lamar has been on mine since I was a, I was a kid. Um, I didn't even think about those other tracks. Yeah. I kind of figured like once you did your top five, I was like, wow, I'm going to seem like a fucking uptight douchebag. Like, Oh, these are not race tracks. Uh, <laughs> but I think that's everything we got. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go around there, but I think we covered everything. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go enjoy married life a little bit. Uh, other than that, Ooh. yeah. Uh, now we're just go to sleep. <laughs> yeah, oh, I need to. After, I, I got to get ready for another triple overtime game tomorrow night. Yeah, for real. Um, other than that, uh, we will see you guys next week. Uh, make sure you go check out our TikTok, our Twitter. Uh, we're doing daily bets every day. Um, follow Come all on. three of Excuse me. You don't need to yell into your mic like that, sir. Dang. <laughs> Usually I have to. <laughs> you do, but it didn't help you crack the same exact times. So all yours. Ah! So I was like, okay, got it. Um, yeah, follow all of us on Twitter because I I should have been tweeting a lot of that stuff off of our page last night. But uh, yeah, other than that, we will see you guys next week. Oh, thank you guys for checking us out. Yep, thank you guys too. <laughs>